Uh, no. Hi, how are you? Hey there. Uh, Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 436, August 12, 2020. The record high on this day occurred in 1965 when it hit 94 degrees, and as it was as chilly as 45 degrees on this day in 1961. These uh, these temperature records, uh, done for my amusement, are brought to you by Aquaside, keeping lakefront beaches free of weeds for more than 60 years. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Something strange is happening. Something strange is happening in the political process. What do you got? Well, just as uh, we'll get to the local scene uh, in a moment. Uh, by the way, Kendall Qualls running for the... Uh, Third Congressional District seat in Minnesota will join us on today's show. He'll be running against Dean Phillips, which makes me uh, uh, inquire, is Dean Phillips just there ceremonially? Uh, do you ever hear a peep from him? No, I, you, no that's exactly no. right. He got just a little badge he wears and sits in the office and proclaims pet names or something. I, I don't know what he's up to. Uh, but in any event, uh, there are three progressives who are knocking off three DFL incumbents in Minneapolis. In other words, the DFL incumbents by garage logician standards are Mysterians, but they're not Mysterian enough. And now the right. same thing's happening on the other side of the aisle. Have, have you been, uh, are you aware of this group called QAnon? No. It's, uh, it's crackpots, just as I think that uh, the far left is crackpots. So are these QAnon people. And in, uh, in Georgia Tuesday, uh, the pro-Trump movement QAnon triumphed by uh, electing uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who embraces a QAnon conspiracy theory that the FBI has labeled a potential domestic terrorism threat uh, of that uh, Trump is trying to be undone by a, a deep state pedophile ring. Huh? Uh -huh. I have I have seen <laughs> rumblings of this on Twitter. The the pedophile talk with the left. Yeah, yeah, I, I've seen this. She's nuts. Uh, the yeah. voting unfolded as elections officials across the country continue to grapple with the challenges of coronavirus. Okay, in Georgia, Green defeated John Cowan, a neurosurgeon who is no less conservative or pro-Trump, according to the AP. Uh, she held a lead of more than fifteen percentage points around ten p.m. Uh, now with Georgia's 14th Congressional District, one of the most Republican in the country, likely to vote red in November, Green is all but assured of getting the chance to put into action her talk of rooting out an imagined deep state cabal of pedophile Satanists who are trying to take down Trump. QAnon, a conspiracy theory that has attracted fervent following since it emerged from the troll-infested fringes of the Internet, nearly three years ago, has already inspired real-world violence, including the killing of a mob boss. I have no idea what that's about. 
Declaring victory Tuesday night, she said she was just fed up with what I've seen from spineless Republicans as she was with Democrats. The Republican establishment was against me, Green said. The D.C. swamp is against me. And the lying fake news media hates my guts. It's a badge of honor. Uh, It's not about me winning. This is a referendum on every single one of us on our beliefs. Uh, During his campaign, Cowan had adopted a slogan that summed up the predicament that Green posed for Republicans. All of the conservative, none of the embarrassment. She is not conservative. She's crazy, Cowan told Politico before the runoff. (laughs) She deserves a YouTube channel, not a seat in Congress. She's a circus act. Cowan was not alone in his assessment of Green, who runs a construction company with her husband. She earned a rebuke from the Republican congressional leaders this year after Facebook videos showed her making offensive remarks about black people, Jews, and Muslims. Representative Steve Scalise of Louisiana, the House Minority Whip, publicly campaigned for Cowan and helped him raise money. Uh, The Republican Party, though, was hardly uniform in its opposition to Green's candidacy. The leadership officially remained neutral, and Trump's only comment on the race came in the form of a congratulatory tweet after her strong showing in the first-round primary in June when she nearly doubled Cohen's vote. So uh, she's a complete crackpot. A complete crackpot. So here's what the here's what the we are becoming the Sunnis and the Shiites, aren't we? Yes, Only we call yeah. them Democrats and Republicans. Yes. But the Democrats, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not Democrats, and the Republicans, they're not Republicans. And here's what I think is happening: both parties now are wrestling to maintain. Uh, there's a degree. There's a f- here. I can state it better. There is a faction of human beings in both parties who are desperately uh, trying to hold on to what they might consider some centrist positions, whether they be viewed through a Democratic lens or a Republican lens. So, for example, I read two different accounts uh, regarding Biden's pick of Kamala Harris. There there was a guest editorial in the Wall Street Journal that said uh, this is a blow to the left because she's not progressive enough. Huh. But, the, but then the Wall Street Journal's lead editorial was she's entirely progressive and, uh, and then went on to describe why they believe that. But, and then in the Republican Party, you've got, you've got this wing that, that contains the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene, who, who is just as far out there on the right as AOC is on the left. And, mm-hmm. and the, both parties are being hollowed out from the middle. There's no, uh, there really isn't much left. Yeah, uh, no room for centrists. Yeah, right. And look at uh, look at how handily Ilhan Omar won. All that money spent, and Ilhan yeah. Omar yeah. handily won it. Do you should? Did you happen to see any of the comments on the? At least I read the Star Tribune online story about the. Sure. Sure. Those, I can't those? stand. I can't stand too many of them, but I read a dozen or so to get the flavor. Uh, uh, it was, Joe, it was mind-boggling. Mm-hmm. She's done so much. What are these people smoking? I don't know. But Not the good but, stuff. <laughs> but the left is drifting more leftward. And uh, the right, uh, if if the likes of, of the election of this QAnon fruitcake, Marjorie Taylor Greene is any indication, the right is going off the rails way off to the right. And uh, what in God's name is, uh, you know, Joe Johnson in the middle of the country just trying to keep his hardware store running? What's he supposed to think? This is mm-hmm. uh, we're, we're seeing some uh, some real, real sea changes in American political life, if not American culture. Now let's get closer to home. 
Three prominent DFL legislators who lost their party's endorsements trailed progressive challengers by sizable margins Tuesday, setting the stage for upsets that could shake up politics and bring more diversity to the legislature. Sure it will. The embattled incumbents included State Senator Jeff Hayden, a Minneapolis Democrat with a caucus leadership post. His primary rival, DFL-endorsed activist Omar Fatah, Fateh, led by double digits, 55% to 44% after the polls closed last night. Another Minneapolis DFL stalwart, four-term state rep Raymond Den, lagged attorney and activist Esther Agbaje, 47% to 42%. In Duluth, attorney Jen McEwen toppled DFL uh, Senator Eric Simonson winning 74% of the vote. McEwen's focus on social justice and environmental issues won support from local DFL activists, testing labor's long-standing influence in Duluth's DFL coalition. Uh, full results won't be known, but uh, for a while. But uh, this this signals to this should signal to everybody that uh, the left is not only uh, drifting leftward. They're not accepting the the uh, the DFL incumbents we have in place now, who who we thought were as about as left as you could get. No, we need we need you to be more crazy. <laughs> who are these people? Ag Ag Agbaje, the daughter of Nigerian immigrants, says progress on social and racial justice issues have been too slow, and pledges to fight to break this is the systemic barriers of race, gender, and class. Okay, who's she? Uh, Who's she running again? Who'd she beat? Uh, she beat Ray Raymond Den. Uh, Tuesday, she said her strong performance represented a bold step forward to build the most inclusive district in Minnesota. Fateh, F-A-T-E-H, Fateh, a former state House candidate who has worked in city and state government, will likely be both the only Somali-American and the first Democratic Socialist to serve in the state Senate. And who's he... Uh, Oh, he's unseating uh, Jeff Hayden. Uh, it's not enough to elect Democrats, he said in a video in his campaign site. We also need to elect progressive Democrats that will fight for a bold progressive agenda. Uh-huh. The incumbents have sought to bolster their records as the campaign heated up. Den claimed one of the most progressive records in the legislature, legislature citing his support as a mayoral candidate for disarming police. He gets beat. And here he is having to position himself by saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am really a lefty. I'm committed. I want to take the guns away from the police. Not enough. Nope. Not enough. Not going to work here. No, you're not, you're not left enough. But it's your theory, Joe, that uh, we're going to lament the old person in office. How, how, how does that theory go that you have? Well, my, my theory, uh, it's based on the St. Paul mayoral candidates. With each, uh, with each new mayor, you will regret losing the predecessor. That's hard to believe, but whoever replaces Melvin Carter will make Melvin Carter look like John F. Kennedy. (laughs) Right. Just as Chris Coleman is Winston Churchill compared to Melvin Carter. And Jacob Fry uh, is a disappointment compared to Betsy Bicycle. And whoever replaces, unless Minneapolis gets its act together and creates a petition to create a different kind of city government calling for a strong mayor, weak city council position, and that... 
that gets placed on the ballot and it wins, and then Minneapolis has to go find a Barry Clegg or a, a Joe Anthony. Uh, I don't care of what race or gender, but someone based in reality to run for mayor. Otherwise, Minneapolis will continue its downward spiral. And by the way, I was going to bring this up today. Uh, I was talking to a Minneapolis business owner on the phone late yesterday. Have you guys seen any stories or any coverage of the the looting that's still going on in Minneapolis? No. Because it's happening. Because it's Where? happening. Really? I, uh, I don't want to name the place because he, I, he didn't ask for this to become public. But it's still going on to the point where he just said, screw it. And he's boarded up his entire building. Oh, oh, oh you know what? I have noticed occasional fresh boards up. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago on a Monday, I had to run into work. Uh, my system wasn't working. So I drove in at 6 a.m., and sure enough, there was a bar on Lake Street, edge of uh, right next to the river. Yep. And there was a police officer out front in a pickup truck with uh, boards, and the boards were going up. And now I have noticed throughout my travels on the south side here, new boards yep. going up on uh, certain convenience stores and, and liquor stores. Joe, not to, it wasn't his particular business, but mm-hmm. a friend of his, it's getting to the point where uh, his other business owner friend the cops aren't even coming anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how bad it's become. Right? I had a I had a nice conversation with Barry Clegg yesterday afternoon, the president of the Charter Commission. Uh, we finally touched base. I invited him on the show, and he's thankful for our position. Uh, but he thinks the dust should settle and uh, does not want to stir things up any more than they're stirred up right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Joe, uh, we'll a, get him in uh, the future. There's a bunch of businesses on East Lake Street that have taken it upon themselves uh, selves to set up overnight, I don't know what you would call them, vigilant uh, committees where they actually patrol yep. the neighborhood yep. and East Lake Street. And they don't get involved with the crime. They don't try to stop it, but they report it right away. And that's what's going to have to happen. These businesses need to hire 24-hour security, that's, overnight security. That's the guy I was talking to. He has to hire an armed security guard overnight, and he's got a, I think it's about 1500 to 2000 bucks. Otherwise, otherwise they and just break in. Yeah, Mark, Mark uh, our friend Mark Moeller in the jewelry business, knows jewelers all over the country, and he told me, I won't name the jewelry store in Chicago, but it's on the Miracle Mile, or pretty close to oh, it. God. And the owner hired two SWAT team members and uh, didn't get a thing. Not nothing was touched. Wow! <laughs> they saw those two people. But what a shame that that's what we've turned into. Well, it's that's what it's coming to, and we can't stop pushing back. We, I got to read you an email. It's important for all of us. the The position of Garage Logic should never be to surrender to this. To never surrender. To You're this. right. Yep. And uh, we apparently give people uh, the idea that we have a frequent emailer, a good emailer. Uh, Scott from Invergrove Heights writes, A hail of flashlight, King. Hail you. you. Joe, I'm listening to today's podcast, meaning yesterday, as I type this email and wish I could grab the microphone for the sake of us all. I am listening to talks of the likes of Kenny and Chris, such as, Is this it? Or have we lost? And I want to scream. For yeah. God's sakes, lads, it is only over if we let it be over. We are being beaten, uh, our unwillingness to fight fire with fire. 
Can't you see that the good guys are being whipped because we refuse to fight fire with fire? I've been keeping an eye on the videos around the country, and in every video where the good guys band together and stand up to the thugs, the punks retreat with the tails between their legs. Just the other day, the 50-something men of Fort Collins, Colorado, quickly turned these feral punks around and kicked their butts straight out of town. Time after time, when push comes to shove, these pathetic excuses for human beings fold up like a badly constructed house of cards when met with good guys in numbers in conviction. Hell no, we aren't done, and I am certainly not going to surrender to these overindulged brats. Maybe it is time to start organizing our own neighborhood militias to protect our neighborhoods. No, I am not suggesting firearms be used, but it wouldn't hurt to let these punks see that these older men have firearms and know how to use them. Joe, these idiots are total cowards that prey upon our sense of decency and decorum to spread their fear and destruction. I am sick to death of this cowering by the good guys. God help our country if it were 1941, as I find it hard to fathom today's good guys stepping up to the plate. Back then, men willingly volunteered to fight fascism and evil against two of the most formidable armies of all time. These feral punks wouldn't last a minute on the beaches of Normandy, yet today they instill fear and dread on our own soil. To that I say, are you kidding me? Toby Keith said it best when he said, you got to saddle up your boys, you need to draw a hard line. Never afraid and always pushing back, Scott, from Invergrove. He's right. Yeah, yeah Scott's absolutely right. Yeah. He's right. We can't, we can never let our position become cowering and i i think that uh, it's a it's a strange uh, dynamic to think of we've all enjoyed for the most part uh, even black people uh, you'll just have to accept it we've all enjoyed uh, pretty stable lives until the left has taken over the cities closest to the country's tallest buildings and those cities including ours are going into ruin and we cannot let it happen and, Kenny, you just alluded to, in Minneapolis, there are apparently already neighborhood groups doing the Lord's work, and we're going to have to do that in every neighborhood in the Twin Cities. Every neighborhood. Absolutely. And yeah. it's, to my understanding, these guys are not armed, and I think we need to take Scott's advice and, and open open carry and, 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 yeah, and make our presence known. He's absolutely right. It's the only way to push back against this nonsense. He's also right about cowards. I've recently seen a bunch of videos, security cam videos, um, that have uh, captured some of these shootouts. And in one case, the guy is running away, shooting, not even looking yep. where he's shooting. I saw he's that. just pulling the trigger and running away. I saw that same video, and it was just absolutely heartbreaking. That that's yep. what we're up against. Mm-hmm. Really interesting uh and it's happening so quickly, uh, the left going way out on its leftward limb and the right going way out on a rightward limb that is, is based on a conspiracy theories. Uh, it's, it's happening very quickly. I, I'm no comfortable being governed by a QAnon politician than I am a Mysterian. No. I'm, no, I, I'm not comforted by the fact that this... This uh, woman in Georgia, uh, let me repeat her name, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, I'm not comforted by the fact that she's uh, she's a crackpot, uh, claiming to be a crackpot on the right. Uh, that doesn't comfort me. That brings us no. That brings us no solutions. The f- These people can't work together as it is. Right. Well, and the best is after Biden made his announcement yesterday, Joe. This is why Twitter is absolutely gold. People were splicing all of the debates together in which. Kamala Harris is just completely undressing Biden. It's like, yep, here we go. Yeah, they're going to work together to bring this country back. It's it's they're uh, all frauds. 
it's a, it's a, it's really amazing. And to watch what's happening in Minneapolis, to see these hardcore DFLers, they're not they're not left enough. They're getting beaten at the polls by uh, people with no more uh, work experience than just calling themselves an activist. Uh, it's a it's a shame that. Uh, it, it, now, this might sound contrary to to Scott's belief that we all must continue to push back, which of course is true. But I think the split is becoming so pronounced that I don't see a savior coming riding the white horse down the middle. Or let's make it a black horse. Yeah. I don't see where the savior's supposed to come from. But the people would tell you, isn't that the president? Yeah, but uh I the, the Trump's not- a Trump's a crackpot and Biden's a crackpot. Who are you kidding? We're doomed. With the, I've said it a hundred times, the greatest country in the world, and this is what we came up with for, for presidential candidates in 2020, Donald Trump and Joe Biden. I guess what you're voting for is the wingman. You're voting for either Pence or Harris. And the judges. And the judges. Because Trump will, you know, eat himself to death with double whoppers, and, and <laughs> Biden will fall asleep watching TV. <laughs> so and I, not wake up. And not wake up. I don't. I don't wish that. Uh, God help him. Uh, but I think the 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 leftward drift of the party demanded of Biden that he choose Kamala Harris. But the the, the what do you call it? The middle fringe. Mm-hmm. That 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 group is growing. I think because they're both sides that are in the middle that are you know somewhat GLers. They're seeing how nuts the far the far ends are getting. Don't you think? Mm-hmm. On both sides, they're yeah. getting crazy. I do. Yeah. yeah. From talking to my neighbors, that's what I've seen, yeah. Even my uh, left, left-leaning left neighbors uh, agree that it's gone too far, too far left. By the way, if Kamala Harris is the daughter of a Jamaican woman and an Indian man, yep. how, how does that make her African-American? What am I missing there? So I guess you're African-American if you just have a, of a, a darker skin tone? You're asking us? And, and again, all this is is the politics of identity. The first this, the first that. Uh, we're getting it here locally. He'd be the first Somali. You know, the first this, the first that. It's the politics of identity now that Trump achievement. Now, Kamala Harris has had achievements, and she's married to a very wealthy entertainment attorney, and they, uh, you know, she's enjoyed the good life in America, which should, shouldn't that send a message to these rioters and looters who insist that this is not a fair country. You just had eight years of a black president. You just elected a woman who rose from immigrant status to uh, uh, attorney general and Senate from California. Why aren't you people accepting the fact that this still is a country where you can do whatever you want, but you have to work at it? Right. You don't just get it handed to you. You, Well, you do in Chicago when you have Black Lives Matter saying, we have a right to loot these stores because they have insurance and we need to eat. We got to eat. We got to eat. And and, uh, again, I I just am so amused. Not amused. uh, I'm so puzzled. I'm not even puzzled. What am I? A gog. But, but it, at, at the sports franchises, uh, being so duped, yeah. so duped. Oh, my word. And there, I love the praise thrown away for Harris, where California is a complete disaster right now. Well, we're going to be run by the coast, which has always been the fear, which is why God protect the Electoral College. Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to be 
you're going to have only coastal elites in political office uh, at the at the federal level, and that that, that dooms us. Uh, the the coastal elites do not share a vision of America that you know still 250 million people share. Yeah, look how Amy was treated. Look how. Uh Who's the gay guy uh, out of Indiana or wherever the hell he's from, the Midwest? Pete Buttigieg? He, yeah, Pete, look look at the way Pete was treated. You know, in the middle of the country, hillbilly hicks, you know. I think that if Biden wants to win the middle of the country, he would have been much wiser with Amy Klobuchar. Yeah. But you know why I, I, she you know why she didn't want it? She, or she wasn't considered? She was white. Well, not only that, but she she would have been, by progressive standards, she would have been found to be tough on law enforcement as her role as the Hennepin County District Attorney. Mm-hmm. And, and, right. uh, and, right. and Hare, that's why there's two competing editorials in today's Wall Street Journal. To the progressive left, Harris, you know, her hashtag once was Top Cop or something like that. She, she, has, she has advertised her, her uh, stance on, on uh, criminal justice. And uh, while it's not anywhere near the center, it sure as hell isn't. It sure as hell isn't anywhere near Portland or Seattle. <laughs> Speaking of Seattle, did you see the uh, the tweets from the Seattle mayor thanking? Uh, forgive me, I can't remember the name of the the police chief that stepped down. The female police chief that stepped down. Isn't it Carmen Best? This long litany of oh, she's so. And people kept going. Um, you're the reason she's quitting. <laughs> right. 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 Oh man. Well, as I look out the window, I see a gloomy day that's mimicking autumn, and I know I've got to get this car decision made. Uh, Talk is cheap, bro. Time to I go know, here. I know, and i got to get to Schmel's Countryside Volkswagen. It's one of the Twin Cities' uh, last truly family-owned dealers, and uh, the truth is now more than ever, regional and national conglomerates own these dealerships, and the only way Schmel's competes with these huge companies is providing the excellent customer service they do and maintaining the relationships they've had for the past 50 years. I can attest to that. Uh, right now, 0% interest for 72 months on all tw- uh, 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens with a deferred payment of 120 days. Also, uh, and that includes the Atlas Crossport, by the way. Uh, if you want to read about the Atlas Crossport, I would read Dan Neal's piece in the Wall Street Journal. Just Google Dan Neal Atlas Crossport. And you can pull up his review. He's the best auto writer in the country. Also, 0% interest for 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. This is all at Schmel's Countryside, where you make your own sales appointment. That's Schmel's Countryside of Maplewood, by the way, right on that uh, southeast corner of Highway 36 and 61. Go to the three websites, Schmel's V. W.com, Schmelz Alpha Romeo.com, Schmelz Fiat.com. Select what you most wish to test drive and then call Schmelz and you get your own personal sales appointment. 651 243 4316. That's Schmelz Countryside in Maplewood. This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. What does dedication, perseverance, resilience, and accomplishment best describe today? We think that would be the graduating classes of 2020. What we are most proud of for these graduates is their ability to overcome challenges and their pursuit of future opportunities. True to their perseverance and resiliency, these students found new ways to celebrate this milestone 
this spring. It puts a smile on all of our faces as we drive through those communities and still see hundreds of yard signs supporting these young people. These graduating students deserve the spotlight for they are Minnesota's future. Please join the Canopy Group in honoring your friends, relatives, and neighbors who represent the graduating classes of 2020. And now a man who's on more than he's off, Joe Zuzure. Well, Such talking this last segment uh, brought up a question for me. One-point sling versus two-point sling for my AR. If that <laughs> thing's going to be carried around, that's going to be my next question for the crew up at DK Mags. Uh, dot com. They're on Old Eight up in New Brighton, or even Monticello Pond and Gun. A couple of wonderful shops that GLers have fallen in love with. You know that if you've already been there. Best little gun shop in town. If you've been to Monticello and Pond and Gun, you know not only do you get everything in the way of firearms and accessories that you do at DK, but they have so much more. I mean, it's all the pawn shop stuff, the stuff, the stuff that we love walking through and testing out. And let's see, do I need that? Yeah, yeah, I need that. <laughs> Power tools, TVs, a old Model Twelve. Uh, who knows? They might have something you're looking for there. If you're a hunter or a sport hunter, or if you need anything for home or self or business defense, DK Mags and Monticello Pawn and Gun, they're the best source of everything you need. They come with competitive prices, sound advice, and the most friendly, knowledgeable service that I've ever encountered in a gun shop. No snobbery at DKMags.com or Monticello Pond and Gun. By the way, Monticello Pond and Gun, just south of 94 uh, in Monticello, 1219 Highway 25. If you're an LEO, a first responder, a veteran, you get 5% off firearms and accessories. That's DKMags.com in New Brighton or Monticello Pond and Gun. A couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. You know what else is true about the politics of identity? That... Uh, nothing nothing seems to matter if your intent is to vote based on a person's identity. For example, Ilhan Omar is very likely to have committed felonies, however allegedly, and yet I don't think anybody cares. No, I don't either. Right. Yep. Right. I, I don't think anybody cares. Or if even if they're paying attention, they'll say, well, that's just the, the white media, the, the white conservative media that's making things up. Well, then mm -hmm. go out to the other side. Apparently, they don't care that Marjorie Taylor Greene believes in a ridiculous uh, conspiracy theory. Uh, no one cares. Do people care? You know, I have to further examine Walls's National Guard uh, activity. I've got two really long pieces. They're too long to read on the on the air, but I, I promise that I will read all of them. But one's from uh, Aaron Clark in Jackson, Minnesota, and he's uh, saying he's... He, he copied me on a, a post that he directed at Walls. He is a, a National Guard member, Aaron is. Uh, allegedly, you, Mr. Walls, re-upped your contract after 9-11 with another six-year contract with the Minnesota National Guard, as a lot of brave and angry Americans did after those deadly attacks. The difference between you and those 19-year-old cooks is this. They didn't bow out in 2005 with a year and a half left on their contract when the when their whole battalion was going to Iraq. Not you, not the brave emperor. No, you stayed home and slept in your warm bed while those 19-year-old cooks did what they had to do in the Middle East. Now, give me a we mm. don't know that because I haven't researched it yet. Oh, you got to get a we don't know that. Gotta I got to but we don't know that. Uh, we don't know that. And Aaron writes a long, long, heartfelt uh, notice to... Uh, 
to uh, uh, Walls, and uh, he said he is going to uh, uh, join a guard unit in Iowa. He's going to leave the Minnesota National Guard, uh, and and he thinks that it's just outrageous that that uh, uh, Walls so cavalierly dismissed the National Guard as a bunch of nineteen-year-old cooks. He has he yet apologized to them. Has no. he yet apologized? No, he hasn't. And then uh, Steve Colburn well, well, writes... Wait, he did say that he was taking, taken somewhat out of context, though, didn't he? Oh, BS. I'm, well, I'm just, trying to, just trying to be fair. Uh, Mr. Mayor, I love the new webpage format. I attempted to attach four files and photos. I'm sending the text as well. And this is all more uh, information about Walls and the... Uh, his embellishments and selectively omitted facts and circumstances of his military career. And again, I have to give this more attention. So I, this is a very, very long, long piece uh, uh, written by a uh, Tom Barron's command sergeant major retired in Worthington, Minnesota. And it calls into question uh, Walls's uh, uh, career with the National Guard. Uh, I am I am not prepared to read his uh, letter yet because I haven't had a chance to read it entirely in private and verify some things. I have no reason to doubt a, a retired commander, but uh, I have to do my due diligence. In any event, let's say all of that's true about Walls. Does anybody care? <laughs> do his supporters well, care? No, his supporters don't. The rest of us do, though. Yeah. We're just not seeing... We're not seeing political figures who are elected based on the content of their character. We're seeing political figures get elected based on their uh, on on beliefs catered to specific constituencies, rather than all of us. Uh, in Ilhan's case, uh, she continues to ride the the magic carpet of being female, black, Muslim. She checks all the boxes. Uh, in Walls's case, he checks all the boxes of being as left as he can. Po- By the way, he's calling in a special session today to give himself another 30 days of being the sheriff. Uh, isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he'll get yeah. it. Of course he will. Yep. And in, and in Georgia, this fruitcake uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene apparently checks all the boxes for the people who have lost their minds in terms of, uh, of the right uh, the right word, leaning, thinking people. Uh, no one will care because she's saying what they want to hear. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a dreadful situation. It's a dreadful situation. Uh-huh. Do you think there's any room for now a, a, a viable third party, a, a truly independent party? No. Or will that just get stomped? Uh, it'll get stomped as it always has, uh, and particularly now. With, with the with the split in the country. Oh yeah, because people have just dug their heels in, and they'll they'll vote for one side of the aisle or the other just because. Yep. I I. Uh, uh, it's disheartening. So somewhat. We got, we got that going for us. <laughs> somewhat to depressing Wednesday. <laughs> somewhat running out of answers for people uh, because uh, I'm I'm seeing what's happening, and I can't believe how quickly it's happening. What we yeah. used to, what we used to, with some amusement, called the mystery, is is uh, is is taking place right in front of us in at, in real time and at warp speed. It's just happening. Yeah. It's happening. Steamrolling. Uh, yeah, it really is. It really is. So, Joe, you got your crystal ball in front of you, right? If you're going to yeah, make sure. a prediction, let's say it's November fourth. What's going to happen on either side if either Trump gets reelected or Biden wins? 
What, what's going to happen to this country? You, you know exactly what's going to happen. Uh, if Biden wins, I, I think there will be some semblance of quietude in the country. You do? If Bi- because, well, we're rational because people who want to protect the country uh, because of the election of a president. Are you and me going to go out and break windows? No, no, but that's why we're being. I, I mean, uh, what's his name, Mike from Invergrove? That's why we're being Scott, rolled over, Scott. right? Scott, Scott, yeah, Scott, Scott brought it up, and Scott's right. That's why we're being bowled over right now. But because if Biden, we're law-abiding citizens, well, if Biden wins, uh, that does not entitle me to cause destruction. No, of course not. No, uh, I but think it's going to happen. If Trump wins, I think you know, buckle up. If Trump wins. Uh, because well, let me give you some examples here of what's happening in the, in the country. Uh, this is news out of uh, uh, Portland. Multnomah County District Attorney Mike Schmidt announced that his office would decline to press charges against protesters and rioters in the demonstrations in Portland, Oregon. My God. Schmidt made the announcement Tuesday at his first media briefing since assuming the office on August 1st. Uh, he says... Uh, in a statement that the policy change was intended to make society more equitable. If we leverage the full force of the criminal justice system on individuals who are peacefully protesting and demanding to be heard, we will cause irreparable harm to them individually and to our society, he said. The Multnomah, Multnomah County District Attorney's Office will presumptively decline to prosecute a case where the most serious offense is a city ordinance violation or where the crimes do not involve deliberate property damage, theft, or the use of threat or force against another person. The statement included a list of offenses from protesters that the office would decline to prosecute. The offenses that will be ignored include the following, according to KGW-TV. Uh, This is what he will not prosecute. Interfering with a police officer or parole or probation officer. Disorderly conduct in the second degree. Criminal trespass in the first and second degree. Escape in the third degree. Harassment. Riot, unless accompanied by a charge outside of this list. As prosecutors, we acknowledge the depth of emotion that motivates these demonstrations and support those who are civically engaged through peaceful protesting. Let me stop right there. What was peaceful in Portland? Right. I mean, I agree with them if you're talking about a bunch of people holding a candle in a park and singing Kumbaya and not wrecking well, anybody else's property. Fine. You're right. He contradicted himself. Uh, what you read at first sounded fine, but then he went into detail, and n- none of that stuff is fine. That's not peaceful. On Friday, Portland Police Association President Daryl Turner sent a scathing letter demanding that Schmidt focus his efforts on stopping crime instead of criticizing the police. Quote, you ran on a platform of police accountability, which was a thinly veiled threat to indict police officers. What about indicting rioters who loot, burn, destroy, and assault? What about your ethical and moral duties to uphold the law and keep all our citizens safe? The people committing arson and assault are not peaceful protesters. They are criminals. Step up and do your job. Hold the rioters accountable. If there is no consequence of crimes from the district attorney's office, there is no reason for criminals to stop the chaos. Others, like the Oregon Justice Resource Center, praised Schmidt. Effectively prosecuting people for exercising their right to express their views does not serve the people of Multnomah County, the Resource Center tweeted. So we've gone from 
uh, uh, believing that that a justified uh, uh, protest uh, should now be able to include uh, as a First Amendment right your attempts to destroy a federal courthouse or burn down a police station with policemen still in it. Mm-hmm. Now, what will Kim Fox do in Chicago? They arrested 100 people from Sunday night who looted and destroyed many of the stores along Michigan Avenue. Is she going to drop those charges? We noted yesterday she's very noted for dropping charges. Is she going to come out with a statement that says uh, we cannot use the full leverage of the law enforcement system to, uh, to harm individuals exercising their free right of protest? Are you kidding me? They, they did $65 million worth of damage. Right. And how about and, the story of the, uh, the two school teachers that were caught throwing Molotov cocktails at a squad car? Mm-hmm. That's what we're... <laughs> and in the name of Black Lives Matter, their spokesman in Chicago said, we have a right to do this. Yeah. We got to eat. These people oh. have insurance. We have a right. No, you don't. I have something on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, black people are rebelling against Black Lives Matter in Chicago, Good. and they're facing them down in the street and shutting Good. them down and chasing them away for doing uh, exactly you know what we've what we've been saying that you know they're saying black kids are getting killed every day by the dozens, and, and you idiots are out here stealing from Macy's and Saks. Kenny and I saw a video too. There was a uh, a, a black father. He had to have been probably in his mid thirties, yelling at a white kid holding the Black Lives Matter sign saying, you don't represent me. You know, go home. Stop this. I, I It was yeah. so... Go home to the suburbs, punk. It was so encouraging to see someone stand up. I, it just, I watched it at least three times this morning. The pushback cannot be accomplished without the help of black Americans. Yeah, you're right. The pushback cannot take place well, without the help of black Americans. At this point, they need to lead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? It was so encouraging after we had the Reverend on the other day, uh, Monday. I had so many emails from GLers that I'm getting in touch with him. That's just, that, that warms my heart that there are so many people out there that want to help. Forward them all to Lisa Bender. Forward all of them to Bender. Uh, him being ignored is one of the biggest irritants we've come across in a long time. Yeah. My God, he is right there. He's ground boots zero. on the ground trying and to make a difference. you are ignoring him, you idiots. Well, we need black Americans to wake up to the fact that the left has not served you well. If your life has gotten to the point where you think it's perfectly acceptable to break into a Gucci store, what what has the left done for you if you if that's where your life has led you what has the left accomplished for you the answer is nothing i've been begging black parents for example for years to tell the education system quit doing my child a favor quit doing my child a favor you condescending fools it's just uh, uh, this this pushback cannot happen that's why i go back to my that's just a fantasy Uh, what if a what if a black president who was self-made and became a billionaire in the construction industry and had to hire and fire people and provide health care for his 25,000 employees across the country and, and decided that he's had enough, I've got to step up and, and run for president and I'm going to make that sacrifice. God, this would be a different country. This would be a different country. And previously you've mentioned a conservative. For me, it doesn't have to be conservative. You just have to be a whole hell of a lot smarter than Obama. 
Yeah. Uh, um, because that's what we need, and that's what the country needs to open their eyes. Isn't that amazing, though? We're not going to charge people in Portland, and I, I suspect Kim Fox, out of those 100 arrests, she'll probably figure out a way to uh, say, I don't really have a strong enough case against many of them, and they'll probably be back on the street if they aren't already. I we keep coming I keep, ahead, coming back, I keep coming back I keep coming back to professional sports and the context in which they must be viewed is as an economic engine. They're, they're a big big economic engine. They're a big driver uh, and they make a lot of money. And uh, what if Americans uh, turn on professional sports? Remember, there's about 250 million people in this country who still love the country and they're seeing through this Black Lives Matter BS. You are endorsing an operation that caused $65 million in damage in downtown Chicago Sunday night alone. And you're endorsing that. And you're taking knees and you're disrespecting the flag and all this. Okay, there's got to be better ways for you to support racial justice than support an organization that's nothing more than a, than a front for political fundraising, not to mention their terroristic uh, ideals. You've got to come up with a better way. Twins, Yankees, Cubs, White Sox. Why are you why are you appeasing criminals? You know, after that conversation we had. And of course, for you euphorians listening, but you can't admit that to your neighbor, I, I value uh, black lives. I, bla- I, I value all, uh, human life, uh, black life, white life, red life, green life. I don't care what you are. I, of course, value your life. Black lives matter has nothing to do with black lives mattering. Correct. It's amazing that we have to say that. Uh, can, I know. You know uh, provide the disclaimer keep these yeah. morons uh, up to date uh, sitting here thinking wondering maybe we need to find every single reverend timothy uh, T- tim Christ- christopher there is um we need to branch out get behind every single leader we can possibly find in the so-called black community south side north side wherever suburbs Every state in the union, that's maybe what we as GL should be doing right now. We we talked to a pastor last winter from the south side that was mentoring a young man that yeah, uh, ended I remember up that. killing a guy. Yeah. Um, he, he's one of them, and they've got to be all over town. I mean, Reverend Tim isn't the only one. Maybe that's what we should be doing. Let Instead me tell you of preaching, something. we should be getting behind the good guys and big-upping them. Well, well, let me tell you something interesting. Uh there's a fellow who uh, knows what he's doing who's been emailing me with the method that would be required to get a recall vote on the mayor of St. Paul put on the ballot. And the charges would be malfeasance and a lack of fiduciary responsibility, spending money that doesn't exist. And there's not a chance in hell I could lead that movement. Now, you might say, well, Joe, you should. That's pushing back. But no, I would be dismissed immediately. What, what is needed to push that movement, if you truly believe Melvin Carter is leading us in the wrong direction when it comes to finances, you'd need a strong black businessman or woman to lead that right. charge, and I can't come up with one. So how is 50 years of liberal rule done for you in the city of St. Paul when I can't find uh, a black it doesn't even have to be a conservative it has to be somebody concerned with the future of the city's financial standing they exist. i can't they do and but i'm i if you know one please let me know and i'll i'll 
beg that person. I'll show them all the material I got, and I'll beg that person to lead the charge. GL Joe at GarageLogic.com. Let's start with the uh, St. Paul Police Department. A lot of black officers, male and female on that. They know who these business people are. Send Mm -hmm. us an email. Help us out. Same thing with MPD. If you know somebody, a lot of black officers on that side. Uh, If you know a black leader, somebody doing the Lord's work, doing good, let us know who that is. We want to know. We want to talk to them. Joe, you but, were mentioning the, the sports teams again, and a thought occurred to me driving home after yesterday's show. Do you think that a lot of these organizations and the leagues, I should say in general, you think they're taking this stance because they're afraid of what happened with Donald Sterling and the Clippers? You're, you, you remember the story, right? Sure. He was caught sure. on tape saying some really racial... Anyway, do you think that that's part of this too, that they're afraid of being labeled and cast in that same light? Yeah. Uh, because he was essentially forced to sell his team because right. as a result of what happened. Right. Oh, right. That's right. No, I, I think they simply took this position because that's their their marketing strategy was appeasement rather than pushback. Hmm. Their marketing strategy was acquiescing rather than pushback. And uh I don't I I completely understand why the twins for example did what they did. Height uh, had a good point yesterday. I think what I think what rational owners of sports teams will do is sl- slowly and incrementally, if they come to their senses and realize what they're supporting, will slowly and incrementally just just back off. And as John Height said yesterday, people have short memories. And they'll return to the ballparks, but if they keep this up, I read the I read the National Football League today is is might not have the anthem. Wow, <laughs> wow! You know, I mean, you're supporting the wrong people. Go ahead and support racial justice initiatives, but come up with one that's legit. That's all you got to do, mm-hmm. and then you could you could cancel the cancel culture. By pointing out, look, you morons, we've done our homework, and this is a racial justice entity that's actually performing uh, works of racial justice. So we're distancing ourselves from anybody who doesn't. Folks, they they did $65 million of damage Sunday night, proudly in the name of Black Lives Matters. And a Black Lives Matter spokeswoman said, we have a right to do this. No, you don't. You absolutely don't. And again, it'll be interesting to keep track of what Kim Fox does, the Cook County attorney. Uh, uh, that 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 movement uh, to to put into place uh, in district uh, attorneys, people soft on crime, is amazing to me. Uh, that's, I guess, that's intended to bring about chaos, <laughs> and and it will. It will. There's not a doubt in my mind. The only thing that would soothe me mm-hmm. is a nice swim <laughs> in a lake. But I don't want to get tangled up in way, uh, weeds. That's freaky because you think it's a snake. And you reach down there and you get that weed off your leg and you're, you're grateful that it's a weed, but you wish it wasn't there. You call Aquaside, White Bear Lake Company. They'll keep Search. your beach. Yeah. 
you ever had a weed fight with your oh, buddies yeah. when you were oh, a kid? Yeah. You pull sure. the weeds out. Yep. Next thing you know, it's the, instead of snowballs, you're flinging weeds at each yep. other. Yep. If you're having weed fights on your beach, I think you it's need aquasite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Their products are easy to use. They work quickly. Aquasite is registered with both the EPA and DNR. Their products are safe for you and your family and the fish. There's no need to let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer, and there's some swimming season left. Call Aquaside today because what they'll do is identify your problem. Tailor the products you need. It'll make sure your place looks great for all of the rest of the summer and into September. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. That's a complete line of lake and pond products that will take care of that. I'm talking rakes, cutters, the, the, the chemicals that are safe. The EPA is registered with them and the DNR. Aquaside.com. That'll keep that beach looking fresh all summer long. Here's the guy that's comfortable in his new chill boys, Joe Souchere. That's right, the mayor and the rest of the Garage Logic staff, they have been experiencing a whole new life thanks to Chill Boys and ChillBoys.com, the most comfortable underwear you will ever own. By the way, we had Steve Payne on yesterday, and he sent me a text thanking me for turning him on to Chill Boys. I'm telling you right now, the most comfortable boxers and underwear you will ever own. Go look at their entire lineup right now. Chillboys.com is the website. Orders over $40. Check this out. Fast and free shipping in the United States. They also have a really cool line of t-shirts and sunglasses, a local Minnesota company, and they will take care of you all across the country. I have the bamboo boxer set on today. I'm sure you really wanted to know that. Chillboys.com, at Brand on Twitter. When you place your order, please let them know that you heard about it right here on the Garage Logic Podcast. Well, I'd like to say hello to Kendall Qualls. Hi, Kendall. Hey, good morning, Joe. Thank you for having me on. Kendall, you've got an interesting story. Uh, give us give us your synopsis of your upbringing and how you uh, how you've arrived at where you've arrived. I believe are you still with Medtronic? No, no. I um, I left Medtronic a couple of years ago to a uh, healthcare startup and yep. in analytics for cancer patients. All right. But uh, wonderful wonderful experience at Medtronic. It's a phenomenal country uh, company. <laughs> Kendall, how long have you lived in Minnesota? I uh, lived here for five years now. Okay, and where? And you moved here from where? So I was working for Medtronic in uh, Boulder, Colorado. Okay. And I give us that, your uh, with Give us your earlier background, which is you know starting in Harlem, for God's sakes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, as I tell this story, Joe, I just you know what? I, it sounds pretty phenomenal, but I always tell people, look, I'm no one exceptional. I just live in an exceptional country, and people that helped me along the way were exceptional people. But, you know, I, I started my life out in, uh, in Harlem as you go into elementary school. My, my father was a career Army soldier. When he returned from Vietnam, um, my parents divorced, unfortunately, and we moved from Fort Campbell, Kentucky, uh, home of the 101st Airborne. And with five kids, my mother moved us back home to live with our grandparents in Harlem, in the late 1960s, mm-hmm. and if you knew about that time period, it was the worst of the, the worst times ever, uh, especially for me. I was li- literally in first grade, and 
we get we get out of the Greyhound bus station at Grand Central Station. We make our way up to Harlem, and even before we get to our grandparents' apartment, we're held up in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. We have luggage and everything, and I just remember this guy um, stopping my mother, stopping all of us, saying, "Hey, lady, give me all your money." Um, and my mother said, "Please, Mister, uh, you know this is all the money I have, and I have five kids." And we were mm-hmm. all standing around her, just wow, you know, awestruck of what was happening in broad daylight. Wow! And there was a guy that stood away, you know, stood not too far from her with no shirt on. Basically, said, "Lady, give that man all your money. He doesn't care if you have five kids or ten kids." Mm-hmm. And that was our first day in Harlem. Mm-hmm. Wow! And uh, I'll never forget it. And and so, you know, my, my time in elementary school, I fought probably two to three days a week defending myself, and, and it was something that just, my mother just couldn't raise all five of us by herself. And I'll never forget, she said, look, Kendall, you know what, just because you live in a place like this doesn't mean you have to live like you're from a place like this. So she had high standards for all of us, but uh, she had difficulty. Um, my older brothers and sisters were getting absorbed into the street culture of Harlem. So my father, who was still in the Army, he came to get me and my younger brother to live with him. And because he was um, paying child support and alimony, all he could afford was a trailer in a small trailer park in Oklahoma. And that's, that's how I started my life. I tell people I, um, I've been called trailer trash and ghetto kid and a lot worse in my life. But I just wanted a different life for myself. And the great thing about this country is where you start your life doesn't mean that's where you have to end your life or, or, or remain in that situation in your entire life. How did your mom feel about that arrangement? Oh, she was, it was just devastating, Joe. I can tell you, like, almost every night, you know, she put us to bed. I could see the anguish and stress on her face. And I just, you know, it's just something subconsciously we all say to ourselves, when I guess all we're kids. Whatever, you know, and for me, it was, you know, I never, ever want to live like this again. And... If I ever have a wife, I, you know, I don't want to put my family through the stress and distraught that I saw in my mother's face every night. But how did she, how did she handle you, uh, her ex-husband, your dad, uh, taking you and your brother? How, how, did, how did, she, did she accept well, that? You know what? It was almost like she had to. It was like a, um, one of those things where we, we, it was a... An acceptance, but out of anguish. It was anguish acceptance. Um, have you have you been able to remain close to your mom during those years? Um, it was tough. Um, you know, obviously there wasn't the internet. There wasn't a lot of the technology we have now. It was the old standard, um, you know, letter writing and right. uh, you know phone calls late at night because you know, at that time long distance cost a lot of money. But we made calls late at night. Um, yeah, it frequently, but it, it 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 had a strain on the relationship. Obviously, with with, uh, with my, my, my siblings, as well as my mother and my father. Um, mm-hmm. Long time, you know, resentment for what happened to our family. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, so, how did you continue to keep your chin up? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. It's, um, like I said, for me, you know, when you have a taste of that kind of a life, I tell you, when I have a taste of poverty, you, you look for something else, you look for something different. And, you know, one of the things living with my father did learn was just a strong work ethic. He was a child of the uh, Depression, so if anything, if I, was, if I wanted anything, I always had to work for it myself. So I picked up that work ethic myself. And so I worked for the things I needed, but I also learned that, you know, education is the way to do, 
to do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I work through college full time from four o'clock to two a.m. in the morning, and I graduated, uh, you know, in four years. I was in I was in the Army Reserves, and one of the things that was pretty neat is you know, that happened, um, you know, kind of unconsciously, but it was, a, it was a good benefit for me because I was in the Army Reserves in ROTC. I was commissioned as a second lieutenant when I was 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I, I was a junior in college. What college? Was, what college? Yeah, small state school. It was called Cameron University. In Oklahoma? Hard, in Oklahoma. All right. And um, But what I did get was some of the best leadership training you can get from any organization in the world. That's the U.S. Army. They've been doing it for over 200 years. And, you know, I made all those kind of minor you know, major mistakes you can make as a, as a junior leader at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So if you believe in the concept of 10,000 hours to become an expert stunning at something, you know, I did that um, starting at 19. And when I graduated in college, I went on active duty. You know, I was a field artillery officer. I served uh, here statewide as well as in South Korea. And then... Uh an apparently very successful business career followed. Yes. You know, I started from the ground up. I got was fortunate. I started with Johnson & Johnson. Um, you know, I went, on, I went later to, to get a couple of uh, graduate degrees and an MBA from um, University of Michigan. And um, as my career developed with Johnson & Johnson, I um, actually became a uh, trustee, board of trustees for community-based hospital, uh, 300-bed hospital out of Metro New York, and then transitioned to the med tech, the med device tech, uh, industry, about 10, 10 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. It, well, let's let's cut to the present. You're, you, you're married for how long, and how many children do you have? Yeah, you, that, that's a great point. I mean, for me, Joe, it was all about what can I do to, you know, for me professionally to you know have a family that I didn't have. And, you know, I wanted to be the father I never had and have a family that I never had for my children. And so my wife and I, we met in high school. Um, you know, she's been a blessing. and I think She's made me better than who I am. So we've been married now for 34 years, um, going wow. on 35. Um, we have five children. And, uh, you know, what? they've been great. And it's been a great, you know, my here's the story. This this. The dream of this, of this American dream can happen to anyone, and, I, and that's when, and I go back to what, how I started. I'm no one exceptional. We live in an exceptional country, and people that helped me along the way were white and black, rich and poor, male and female. You know, Americans help each other when they see someone trying to improve their lot in life. What possibly goes through your mind when you see rioters? acting in the name of Black Lives Matter, do $65 million of damage to Michigan Avenue in Chicago last Sunday night. What possibly are you thinking? You know, they're wrong. Um, we need to stand up for what's best and what's good in this country, and we don't have enough voices on the other side you know, that can change the narrative. And that's exactly why I ran. I, I, I actually filed a run last year because the... The seeds for what we're seeing today were planted by the squad last year. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it was Ilhan Omar that made, made those comments about our country being systemically racist, that, uh, that um, 
you know, that private equity and their capitalism is bad. And I heard no one counteract her statement in mm-hmm. her own party, in the grown-ups in her own party. No, I didn't, I didn't hear a lot in the media, nor on our side in, in, in the Republican Party. And I felt that my story, more than anything, embodies exactly what's good about this country and that anyone can do it. And I wanted to preserve it for my, my children and children of many, many billions of people in this country. So you decided to take on Dean Phillips, who uh, I, I don't know a thing about him because he's remained completely silent. He might as well be one of those cardboard uh, heads at the ballpark that you see on TV. I, I, I have no idea what he's up to. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting. He, he, every time he comes and speaks back here in Minnesota, and even on the, on the radio or on TV, he always talks about how bipartisan he is. Mm-hmm. And he's got bipartisan little participation trophies of number of bills he sponsored, blah, 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 blah. At the end of the day, it's about your votes. And he's voted 100% of the time with Nancy Pelosi. Mm-hmm. 94% of the time with Ilhan Omar. And I don't think anyone in the 3rd District that I represent have, could align, you know, align themselves with anything 100% with Nancy Pelosi or 90% with Ilhan Omar. Right, and so it's it's not reflective of the values and the profile of this district, and I want to just basically recalibrate that with I think better representation. Was it a tough decision for you to make? It was. It was. You know what? I've never wanted to be a politician. I've never wanted to get involved in this kind of the, uh, you know, this side of the things that you know we we actually just kind of despise. I think more than anything else, but it was the love for this country more than anything else. You know, not only did my father serve, that I served in the military, my my son now is on active duty. He's the fourth generation mm-hmm. that's served serving our country. So this this isn't this means a lot to us. It's important to us. We take it seriously, and what they're doing is dismantling the very fabric of this country by what they're saying and doing uh, on the streets. But but also when you don't challenge it, it becomes the norm. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's just, it's just, I felt that it was incumbent on me to do something, to be able to challenge that and change the narrative um, and just really go on the offense, if you will, um, for what's best for this country. I love that you say that you love the country. We're not hearing that right now. We're not hearing that from either party right now. We're just not hearing that message. Well, it's unfortunate. We, we, you know what? Oftentimes we don't know the history. A lot of people don't know the history of our country. Good, bad, or indifferent, even with all the monuments, you know, you need to have those so you can show people how far we have come. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, the, the relationships that we have today, black and white, our grandparents would be shocked how far we've come. Mm-hmm. But, you know, unfortunately, we hold up the exceptions that happen, like what happened with George Floyd and other, uh, other examples across the country. We hold up these exceptions and the media makes it seem like they're the rule, that it happens every day, it happens all the time. Well, you sh- show me one incident like that, i give you a thousand, if not 10,000 examples of what Americans do um, to help each other, love each other, care for one another, regardless of race. Uh, how, how, how do you think you're doing in your, in your campaign? Wow, it's going phenomenally well. I, I, I can't tell. Every week, every week we meet with people. And tell us, you know what, I've never been involved in politics. You've inspired me to get involved and help out. People that are volunteering, donating, fundraising, never 
ever been involved in politics before because my story is one that brings out the essence of America, not necessarily, you know, politics on the, you know, Republican or Democrat. It's, it's, it's really neat to see Joe. It's inspiring. We're doing very well, um, even so much so that we have um, outraged our, uh, our opponent here in the last cycle. He's had to go to his parents, you know, like mom and dad, to help with money and fundraising. <laughs> I say yeah. mom and dad, I'm referring to Governor Waltz and, and yeah. Senator Klobuchar. I say that in jest. <laughs> yeah. But he's had to go to them to help with fundraising because he can't do it on his own message. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I uh, do you know other Black Americans who share your story and uh, and oh, believe absolutely. in this country? Absolutely, Joe. What's going to be the biggest surprise for people? You know, I tell you, Tom Emmer, Chairman Tom Emmer, and the leadership of the Republican Party—they've done a phenomenal job of recruiting talent this time around. Mm-hmm. If we're successful, as I think we'll be, we'll probably have the largest number of minority candidates representing in the Congress of, on the Republican Party, mm-hmm. the largest number of women represented in, in, in the Republican Party's history, and one of the largest numbers of, re, uh, of veterans since the um, World War II. Mm-hmm. You never hear about on the left, because they want people to think that uh, you know, Republicans are rich and right and racist. You won't, you won't see that reflected yeah. if we were successful in this, in this next uh, go-around in, um, in November. Are your mom and dad still alive? Unfortunately, No. But um, I do have a couple of siblings alive. You know what? I tell you, we're still suffering from that calamity that happens a lot in, in major cities. I have, um, I have siblings and family members that still live in the Bronx, mm-hmm. uh, in New York, and in, in Harlem. So we're still suffering through the calamity of that as much as I've helped along the way. So of, of you and your siblings, are you the one who has uh, succeeded? Yeah. It's un- again, it goes back to, and this is the thing I'll share. At the end of the day, it goes back to how important family structure is. Number two, what the choices people make in life, the accountability around that. And then lastly, for me, one of the big decisions I made is, is when I became an adult, actually, is, um, you know, I, I, I um, actually you know, accepted the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. Um, I became a follower of Christ when I was 27, and it, re- it, really, it really grounded me, and it is more about there's, there's no, life is much more about career and financial achievement, purpose behind it, and so that that I really account a lot for my my uh, my life's journey, especially as it relates to my family. You have a beautiful family. I've seen the campaign photograph. A very handsome family. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I have a question, or I guess maybe a comment. I was going to ask the question, Kendall, and you just covered it. One of the things Joe has been talking about for years, actually, is the reason why we got to where we are right now in America is, number one, the breakdown of the family, and number two, the lack of faith or the turning away from the teachings of whatever you have learned or may have been taught in church. Uh, And it doesn't matter which kind of church you went to, it's that lack of faith. And I think you just covered why that's so important. Yeah, and if I can expand on that a bit. Please so, do. So again, we, we need to get back to understanding what makes this country great and its, and its history and foundation. You know, it was Benjamin Franklin and many others that have said at the time, a, a country can't be self-governed if it's not a virtuous people. Mm-hmm. And so... You, you, not only do you can't self-govern your country, you have to self-govern yourself. 
And people can't just do that. You don't learn compassion and patience and love and everything else on your own. Mankind for history has never done that. And so I can tell you within the black community all the way up into the 1960s, through the worst of worst of Jim Crow laws in the South, to the hardships that we've had, going up into the 1960s, nearly every, ch- every black child uh, lived, 80% of them lived in a two-parent family. Mm-hmm. So you would think that the destruction of the, you know, all the little, you know, those, those laws and the economic conditions we're in would, would dismantle the family, but it wasn't that. It was initially, I believe, good intentions of the Great Society and, you know, all those programs, good intentions initially, but over decade after decade, what we saw was a 10% decline of that 80% of the two-parent black families mm-hmm. had declined 10% every decade to what we have now is roughly 20-25% of black families with two, par- two parents. Now, here's the scandal that you'll never hear in the media that, that's, it's, uh, that I'm going to bring attention to. Um, there's study after study that have shown that when it comes to um, success in life, having a great academic career, whether you go to college or you do the trades, doesn't matter, black children from two-parent black and two-parent families, they have a successful life. They do well in high school. They graduate in the high school levels at the, at the same as the general population. They have the lowest, you know, they have a low run-in incidence with with law enforcement, and they have a, a typical normal life that must be, you know, general most Americans. Unfortunately, we have nearly nearly 75, 80 percent of those black children are not in those two-parent families. Right? Now, it's just, I don't put the blame on the mother. This is a, these are fatherless homes. The father has never been involved, um, you know, for, for various reasons, but we've adopted a culture that we've gotten to now for after 50 years where you see that, you know, generational government dependence and children never get socialized and developed as the young men and women they could be because of that dynamic. It, that issue changed it when the social... Injustices that were in place, Jim Crow and every and years before, never could do that to the black family. You realize you you are carrying the most important message that could possibly be broadcast to America, don't you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I do, because I, I, I lived it. I lived yep. it, and my family suffered through it. I actually survived. I want to make sure that this message gets out because this in this country, it, you know, like I said, you can achieve. People can achieve. And so what's so ironic about this, Joe, is that, you know, I'll, I'll just take an example of Nigerians from, from obviously, the continent of Africa. Mm-hmm. They're one of the most educated people in that, on that continent of Africa, Nigerian people. They earn 17% more than the average American in this country. They can choose to go to any country in the world, Canada, Australia, to, to immigrate to become citizens. You have people from Nigeria coming here, taking advantage of the opportunities of this country, the civil rights, civil rights you know, acts that was signed by Martin, you know, but signed because of Martin Luther King's work and others and others' work. They truly are African Americans, and they're benefiting because they have the education, the family structure, and the beliefs to be able to, to be successful in this country. Whereas historical black Americans, you see the grievances that they've been, they've been perpetrated literally because of the leaders in their community and the people on the left of our politics. 
I uh, I think you've won the vote of every Garage Logic listener. Boy, oh uh, my God, Kendall! Uh, I can't even tell you how, how much hope you filled me with. I've gone from being completely depressed and down to really seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. You've really filled me full of hope, Kendall. We want to stay in touch with you. Oh, that'd be great, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, and best of luck. We're going to win this. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Kendall Qualls running against Dean Phillips for the third. Wait, hold on. Here's today's ray of hope. Boy, here's today's, uh, here's this year's ray of hope. Okay. I didn't want to say this to him. Uh, I didn't want to say this to him because it sounds like I'm a groupie. Uh, But, and I don't know him well. I'd have to do a lot more homework, obviously. But he's the fantasy I've been I was, fantasizing about. I was about. just going to say that same thing. You just the got self-made your question answered. guy. Yes, the self-made guy who has been able to see the goodness in this country despite the hardships he endured. And he's the guy. And here's what I wanted to point <laughs> out, but I didn't. You were rolling, and I didn't want to interrupt. But you know, the third district—that's me. And yeah. the the population of what that district was ten years ago to what it is now, it's exploded. Exploded. It yeah. represents the, a vast majority of this state. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, my God, that was so refreshing. There oh. was one question I wanted to ask him, and I, t- to be honest, I chickened out. I, I was wondering if he's willing and ready to be ignored the same way John Lewis was ignored. Yeah. Yeah, you know, a guy that does nothing but good and gets just nothing but I- I ignored from the general media and the populace. You know what I didn't hear from him? One cliche. No, yeah. one cliche. I never heard no. political boilerplate talk. I heard a guy who's uh, figured. You know what? I got to take a shot at this because of what's happened to me. I got to get this to win. And yeah. And if he doesn't win, he has to run again. He yeah. has to be involved. He has to. He's your answer. He is. Well, oh, again, wow. I don't know him. I'd like to get to know him. Uh, I'd like to know more. Uh, I'd like to know what happened to his siblings and how he's stayed in touch with them. It's. Uh, I, I think he's got a fascinating story there. And despite the divorce, it sounds like he had a father who certainly cared cared about yep. him yep. and his brother uh wow. that's that's fa- i'd like to get you know what i'd like to do get him a send him i'd like to send him a meatloaf <laughs> <laughs> that's right you know what he'd what? probably take you up on it I'd here's like to your send lovely him. parting gift <laughs> you know what i'm gonna i'd like to put together a gift box of grunhofer's meats <laughs> can't and send thank him you to enough the, for the time kendall. send him to the kendall qualls family for their next <laughs> for the next really no no get him a nice meatloaf man go. maybe have spencer do something uh you know special like carve a... carve winter into it or something <laughs> he's got a big family you should send him too there you go oh yeah <laughs> uh, i'm talking of course about the great products from Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. Whether it's meatloaf or tomahawk steaks or brats, burgers, uh, chicken, uh, shrimp, skewers, you name it. Uh, It's just been a wonderful, wonderful relationship with Spencer Grunhofer. It's the garage logician's go-to place for all their dining needs, especially their grilling needs, and, of course, GLers Grill all year long. But if you you want the treatment, you get to Grunhofer's. Uh, you'll note that uh, they're adding on 2,500 additional square feet to accommodate the GLers and to turn out more meatloaf, the kind of which I will be sending to Kendall Qualls as a housewarming gift. Oh, he's already got a house. <laughs> yeah, Never he's got be one a, already. It'd be a political warming gift. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. It's Grunhofer's uh, in Hugo on Highway 61.
University of Garage Logic 98. College of Self Esteem, zip, nada, nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. Mr. Sauerkraut was here earlier in the week. You can call him Keith Chamberlain. Uh, he's the project manager with Aim High Construction MN.com, but I, I just call him Sauerkraut. Uh, him and his boss, Chris Miller, the GLer who owns and operates Aim High Construction MN.com, they were here. They tore out my old skanky counters and cabinets. Oh my God, they were so gross. The new floor went in yesterday. They even put in a new subfloor. So, man, is it awesome. The walls have been painted. We're ready for new cabs and a sink ahead of schedule and under budget. That's what's uh, been so awesome working with these guys. The quality of workmanship, it's awesome. The timing, fantastic. And what I like about Chris, constant communication. I'm always in the loop. I'm never wondering. It's made things way easy. Uh, even the roommate has remained calm and happy, and you know you know how important that is, don't you? What works for us will definitely work for you if you have a project, and it really doesn't matter what, even if it's a shed re, uh, be, rebuilt in the backyard for a very private, local, quasi-celebrity slash fake mayor. Doesn't yeah, matter. I'm meeting Whatever with him tomorrow. Is. I'm meeting with oh, him tomorrow. Good, good. Uh, Joe, you will be happy. I have full confidence in aimhighconstructionmn.com. They're going to work with your budget. I know it's limited. They're going to help you with design, and they'll offer financing if you need it, Such. Get yourself on their schedule like Joe does uh, did, because uh, as you can probably guess, uh, GLers are lining up. Schedule that meeting, get a design consultation, get an estimate, and then be ready to be happy. AimHighConstructionMN.com. I've got to get to the uh, GLers and their emails. I just got a note from Bill Stein in uh, in Aiken. He said, we lost another great living American Jesuit priest, Father Ed Stokel, longtime retreat master at the Jesuit Retreat House in DeMontreville in Lake Elmo. He was 96. Many Ooh. GLers knew Father Stokel. I know Rookie does. He was one of those crusty, gruff old guys that we love so well. One look at his nose, and you knew that he had been in a few fights in his youth. Years ago, a young friend of mine was making his first retreat at DeMontreville. He hadn't been to confession in over 16 years, so he scrupulously wrote down all his sins on a couple of sheets of paper and bravely set out to confession with Father Stokel. When he he finished, Father Stokel said, that's quite a list you got there. If you had just shot the bishop, you'd have done it all. We will miss him. Uh, Mark writes, I have enjoyed your show since traveling to the Twin Cities 10 years ago and now listen from Kansas City ever since. Listening recently, you have read a long article that well explained the rewrite of history from an author in Germany, I think. Can you provide a link for that? Uh, I think, uh, did you link the Andrew Mitchta story to our website, Reavers? Uh, no. Or, okay, well then, all I you did, need to do... I, I did post it to the GL Facebook page, because that story appeared on the show before we had the new website. All right. Then uh, what you want to do, Mark, in Kansas City, is look up Andrew A. Michta, M-I-C-H-T-A, and you'll find the piece you're looking for. Uh, we now have... It three times. It's so good. And by the way, that's the one that was on the Wall Street Journal, correct? Yes. Uh, people do need to know, because we're going to get emailed after you just announce it again, you do have to have a subscription to view that article online, just so you're aware. Uh, we missed Marjorie Johnson's birthday. It was Monday. Oh! Yeah, I'm getting a note from David Jones. He said, KSTP Channel 5 covered it on a news segment. Happy birthday, Marjorie. Does, I think that makes her 101, doesn't it? I thought... Maybe it's just uh, a hunt. Maybe it's, it's a hunt. No, I think she's... 
older than 101, isn't she? Well, no, I don't know, but I've already booked her as the opening act for the 2021 State Fair. Nice. Are you looking uh, it up, Chris, or should I? I'll do it. I Okay, good. Uh, Tim writes, we're apparently in the middle of Bear Week on the GL podcast, so I'd like to highlight four safety tips that the National Park Service recently published on its Facebook page. Number one, please don't run from bears or push your slower friends down in attempts to save yourself. The best things to do to safely remove yourself from a bear confrontation is move away slowly and sideways so you can keep an eye on the bear without tripping. Bears are not threatened when you move sideways, but like dogs, they will chase fleeing animals. I did not know that. It's a good tip. Mm. Number two, identify yourself by making noise, specifically your voice, so the bear doesn't confuse you for an animal and knows you're human. While a curious bear might come close or stand on its hind legs to examine and smell you, it is not threatening. Number three, do not climb a tree. Both grizzlies and black bears can climb trees. Do not push down a slower friend, even if you think the friendship has run its course. <laughs> Number learned, four. Oh, we're not done. No, this is the I'm final one. I'm learning a lot here. If you are attacked by a brown or grizzly bear, leave your backpack on and play dead by laying flat on your stomach with your hands behind your neck and legs spread. If the bear continues to attack you, fight back by hitting the bear in the face. And Tim notes, I agree with the first three recommendations, but not the last one. If you're willing to lay down on your stomach with your hands behind your neck and your legs spread, then you probably weren't there for the camping anyway. Wait, I think I've learned. Let me let me practice here. Ben, run and bark like a dog and then climb that tree. Hurry. No, everything you just said was wrong. Right. Oh. Uh, hail the flashlight king. Marjorie did hail. turn 101 on Monday. 101. 101. Okay. All right. All right. Happy birthday, Marjorie. And by the way, her Wikipedia page, mm-hmm. it lists her height, five feet, five inches. That's and, not true. No, but in the in, in paragraph, it says, same as J.K. Rowling. What? Right, right. <laughs> I don't get that. I don't get that, that either. That was funny. I don't understand. Hail the flashlight king. Hail, Hail you. you. To correct the staff's incorrect dis- description of it, do you have the dueling Duluth horns uh, from the other day, Chris? I do, as a matter well, You can of find that while I read this, please. Yep. To correct the staff's incorrect description of the dual Duluth foghorns heard on the August 10 program. That whistle, foghorn, is from one ship, likely the Joseph L. Block, and is not a very well-timed aerial bridge response. The Block has a very distinctive whistle sound. The captain's salute is one long and two short, usually heard when a Laker is entering or leaving the Duluth Piers. This salute is heard frequently. The master's salute is three long and two short. This often is heard, but is considered a more formal greeting than the captain's salute, and he linked me to it. But why don't you play what we have here and see if we can pick up on this. So Richard Hall from Iowa helped us out big time. He digitally dubbed the dual horn for us. Here's that one. And you want our double foghorn, correct? Yeah. Yeah, but that's literally a foghorn. Uh, what we were listening to were the blasts from the from the, the Laker entering the port. Right. But all I heard was long, I, I, so I don't know what to think. Let's just say it's a neat noise. Yes, okay? it is. Let's just say it's a neat noise. And only because they come to us all the way from Mumbai, India, 
It's on this date in Minnesota history. They come to us from Tom Lyman, who's still in Mumbai, India. Uh, in 1940, they're all good ones. In 1940, a tractor truck made by the Minneapolis Moline Power Implement Company receives nationwide attention during the Army battle maneuvers at Camp Ripley. Soldiers called it a Jeep. In 1981, International Business Machines, IBM, introduces the first personal computer, which the company's plant in Rochester had helped design. It was probably the size of a house. <laughs> 1983, the first Wii Fist took place in Detroit Lakes, featuring performers Alabama, Merle Haggard, Tammy Wynette, Jerry Lee Lewis, and others. The biggest country music and camping festival in the nation. It, it attracts tens of thousands of country music enthusiasts annually. I missed I have it. Not, what year? Uh, the first one, 1983. 83, wow. And on this day in 1984, uh, and I was there for this, Harmon Killebrew is the first twin inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. He blasted 573 home runs over the course of his career. I love his speech, by the way. Uh, yeah, I was there for that. His speech was pretty good. Uh, we were wearing out the grass in the front yard, yep. and my, my mom came out and said, look what they're doing, Pa. They're wearing out the grass. And Pa said, we're not raising grass, we're raising kids. That's such a great line. Uh, oh, I love that. I had my uh, kid, uh, oldest kid I used to have, who was about 10 then, and we were there. It was just fascinating i bet and and the old movie theater on main street was showing uh the natural oh really went to see the natural did he get a good turnout of people from minnesota oh god yes okay yeah uh speaking of uh what how many did hank aaron hit to eclipse babe ruth seven well he hit 715 to pass babe but he hit seven seven fifty five here, I think it's 755. Well, I, I, have an, I have an interesting observation. Aaron, home run. Uh, yeah, bro. Now that Charles Schultz is long dead, I never miss the Peanuts cartoon strip. I read it every day, and I have been for probably the, last, probably the last however long I can remember. And I certainly okay, didn't thanks, read it. Thanks, Charlie Brown. Well, I did. I didn't. I didn't read it when I was younger. I just dismissed it as as nothingness uh, until I realized it was everythingness. And for the past couple of days, uh, Snoopy uh, has been threatening to break Babe Ruth's home run record. And I fi- and he's been getting hate mail. And uh, the kids in the strip come up and ridicule him and say, "You better not dare break Babe Ruth's record. You're only a dog." I think he was mimicking what Hank Aaron was yeah, going through. That's exactly what he was doing. He was mimicking what Hank Aaron was going through in 1973-74. 755 was his career total. Wow. Yeah, Good and job, Snoopy Blaver. Snoopy oh, Snoopy only needs one more to break Babe Ruth's record and Snoopy has been getting ridiculed and threatened, however gently in the Charles Schultz way, but it dawned on me this morning when I read it, I said, "Holy smokes." Then I got a magnifying glass to read the copyright date on the uh, on the strip because it's so small. We're oh up God, to 1973. We're up to 1973 in the Peanuts, uh, and and that's about the time uh, Hank Aaron was suffering terrible grief for his uh, his approach to Babe Ruth's record, mm-hmm. which I believe he broke in '74. Yeah, April eighth, nineteen seventy four. And he hit it into the bullpen in Atlanta. Uh, and then his mother came out onto the field. And Hank Aaron, remember Hank Aaron's great quote? I love quotes like this because you write a whole column around him. 
I didn't know my mother could hug so hard. Oh, what a great quote. God almighty. Huh. And I remember that because there was the two guys that ran onto the field yeah. when he got to, to this, second base. To this day, you know, Hank reads that mail. He has kept it all. You're kidding. No, he tortures himself. Why? Has uh, he ever given a reason? The, uh, the hate sh- mail? Yeah. He kept oh, it Oh, Hank, keep one. You keep the worst of them all and throw the rest away. Now, I've, may- I've maybe... I've got mine hanging on the wall. <laughs> maybe that practice, maybe he's done with that, but I knew years ago that that was the case, that he was reading that stuff and and letting it get to him. And uh, it kind of breaks your heart that he would cling to that. Well, keeps you humble. April 8th, 74, three days before I was shot through and through by a twenty two revolver. In a murder uh, attempt or a <laughs> you know, drugstore holdup or what? I've often thought of that, Such. I've often or did you shoot yourself? <laughs> No, no, I didn't shoot myself, but uh, that was the last of my very best friends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've never had a good friend since then. (laughs) Was that when you were in the big Cub uh, Cub Scout uniform in that one photo we found of you? Anyway, moving right along. (laughs) Well, moving right along, you want to move through the city on nimble transportation. That's either an electric uh, Bentelli e-bike from EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake or one of the great gas-powered scooters that makes every errand into adventure easy to park, great on mileage, nimble, in and out of traffic, fun. you got to be careful, though. I told you the other day, drive through town in a checkerboard style. Uh, also a full line of Yamaha motorcycles at EcoFun Motorsports. Great recreational stuff for kids. Helmets, apparel, a great service department. I love Tim's service plan. He sends a truck through town, and if you need your uh, rig picked up that you purchase at EcoFun, he picks it up, takes it back to Forest Lake. The guys service it, and they bring it back to you for a nominal fee. It's a great way to get service done. Uh, the Bintelli e-bikes, of course, have taken the nation by storm. They're the Bintelli e-bike capital of Minnesota. They're knowledgeable about it. Tim's daughter is nationally recognized, has flown around the country to give demonstrations and, and speeches on how to get the most out of your uh, electric e-bike with uh, Bintelli, five levels of electric assist. It's just a nifty, nifty recreational equipment. And, of course, because Garage Logic owns Highway 61, EcoFun Motorsports is on Highway 61, right in downtown Forest Lake. You'll love your experience there. It's EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. Nice. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, thank you to Kendall Qualls. Boy, was uh, that great. Fun to finally talk to him and meet him. Uh, I, I was just, I'm so thrilled that I didn't hear any cliches. I, I can, I can hardly hold my binoculars still. Now you can, now you have an excuse, Joe, to move out to the third district to be able to vote for him. Oh, wouldn't I love to? <laughs> I can't get, I can't pry her loose. Yeah. We're waiting for the, uh, the results of your test too, Joe. Have you heard Yeah, she got hers. Want? It's negative. Mine has not come in. Well, at least you show really good signs of being patient and, and, and waiting. Um, no, I'll test. tell you exactly what I think happened. I told you guys off the year. I'll say it on the year. All right. When they brought, they went to get her, they brought with them a vial into which her swab was placed, and it had the typed name, address, all the pertinent information on it. They rummaged around in their trailer. They couldn't find my vial, so they, they created one. Uh, and then said, well, we'll get it. We'll do it. And they put my name on it and whatever. And I just had this sinking feeling that something was going to get screwed up. And sure enough, she got her test. I haven't gotten mine back yet. And ah, I, my fear is right that... In the, te- in the trash. Yeah. yeah, my fear is that uh, it's either uh, 
lost or fouled up somehow or what? Well, I'm sure as hell not doing it again because I don't have any well, symptoms. So. Well, I hope they cashed that check you wrote. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. All right, GLers. Hey, nice to see you. Nice to see you. Hey, nice to see you. Don't forget about our friends at Fred Aloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. I got that smoke fire from Weber, and Fred Aloni's will deliver that grill touchless right to your house, and they'll also recycle your old grill if you'd want. You know, Weber, Big Green Eggs, so much more. Get to fratalonis.com and get yourself that smoke fire. And don't forget about Pod M and the only place that was made for Minnesota. You can find past episodes of GL and maybe some new ones that you might want to listen to. There's also a chance to win rewards each and every time you listen. Download the app today in the Apple or Google Play stores. Pod MN. Listen local. We'll catch you tomorrow on the Garage Logic Podcast. Bruh! <laughs>